Hello Parkview and welcome to the group's podcast for the week of October 9th through 15th. This is Devin Neese, your communications director. Our goal each week on this podcast is to inform and guide group members and train group leaders to make whole disciples of Jesus. This week we'll be taking a look at Luke 5, 1 through 16 with Michael Height, a member and deacon here at Parkview, and getting some training uh, from Pastor Will. But before we get into all that, let me inform you of a few things going on at Parkview. October and November tend to get us thinking about the nations here at Parkview. We have lots of great opportunities for you to get involved in spreading the gospel to the ends of the earth. Here's a few to keep in mind. Operation Christmas Child is kicking off at Parkview this Sunday, October 15th at both campuses. We'll be handing out shoeboxes in the lobby. Be sure to grab one or a few and return them by Sunday, October 29th. This is a great way for the whole family to get involved as we invite others to take their next step toward Jesus through these gifts. With November just a few weeks away... Our global outreach team is gearing up for our annual global outreach conference on November 4th and 5th. The team has been working hard coordinating global workers to join us for the weekend, and Bob Blinko of Frontiers USA will be delivering our keynote message that Sunday at both campuses. Additional events include our Saturday morning prayer breakfast, Saturday night global worker dinner, and additional training by Bob Blinko on Sunday night, as well as plenty of opportunities to meet and mingle with global workers. You can get all the details at parkviewchurch.org slash G-O-C, and the link will be in the show notes. And with that, let's jump into our passage. As I said earlier, we have Michael here. Hi, Michael. Hi, Devin. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good, good, good. Like Devin said, my name is Michael, and I'm a deacon here at Parkview, and I have the privilege of previewing this week's passage with you. We're going to be in Luke chapter 5. Uh, looking at verses 1 through 16. So if you have a Bible, feel free to grab it, and we'll jump right into it. I'll begin reading at verse 1. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, or the Sea of Galilee. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him, to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Now, this isn't Jesus and Simon's first interaction. If you remember back to chapter 4 and verses 38 to 42, Jesus had gone to Simon's house and healed his sick mother by rebuking her fever. But if you go back a little bit further in time to John chapter 1, verses 40 through 42, Jesus had met Simon through Simon's brother, Andrew. Andrew, one of John the Baptist's disciples, when he had heard Jesus speak, he knew that this man was the Messiah and immediately ran and found his brother. I just imagine Andrew running into his house, shaking Simon by the shoulders, proclaiming, we have found the Messiah, the Savior of Israel, the one our people who have been waiting for, for generations. He has come. You must go see him. So Andrew brought Simon to Jesus, and Jesus said to Simon, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter or rock in the Aramaic. But Simon Peter knew who Jesus was and was not just letting some random guy with a crowd of followers uh, into his boat. This man was a teacher. This man was a healer. Yet this man was way more than either of those. He was the Messiah, the long-awaited Savior. Even though this had not fully sunk in for Simon, he was ready to hear what Jesus had to say, even if that meant interrupting him, finishing his workday. 
So Jesus taught the fishermen and the people. Continuing in verse 4. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. So if you remember back to verse 2, Simon and the other men had been washing out their nets. Well, cleaning up your equipment usually means that you're finishing up the shift. They had been out all night and had caught nothing. They are tired, probably frustrated, just wanting to go home, get some food, and go to bed. Yet now Jesus is telling them to go back out to the deep and try again. I bet many of you have heard this saying, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome. Well, if you look it up in Webster's Dictionary, that is not the definition of insanity. But these men are probably thinking this is an insane idea. This Jesus may be the Messiah, but what does he know about fishing? Nevertheless, Simon knew Jesus was something different and took him at his word and set out the nets. Verse 6 says, And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats, so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Look at verse 8. Simon fell down on his knees and he said, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. These words are so heavy. This man, Simon Peter, has saw the mighty power of the Lord. He has seen him heal his mother, teach with authority to a crowd of people, and now guide the fish of the sea into his nets. So many fish, in fact, that it was causing his nets to break from the sheer weight. The Messiah, the God-man, was before Simon Peter and was blessing him. Yet at this moment, Simon was not thinking about this. He saw how great Jesus was and how undeserving he was. Simon was a sinner. Simon's words remind me of the prophet Isaiah before in his vision, uh, before the throne of God, when he said, Woe is me, for I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 5. When one sees the glory of Christ, a natural response is then to see one's own sinfulness. And that's what happened to Simon. And he's not alone. Every one of us who has seen the glory of Christ and our salvation has also seen our unworthiness in the face of his loveliness. But this is not the end of the story, wallowing in our unworthiness. In response, we choose to cling to him, cling to Christ who is perfect, all lovely, and all worthy. And in his great for love for us, Christ chooses not to leave us in this state of sin, but cleanses us, making us new in him with a new prerogative. For Simon, this was just the beginning. As Jesus said to him, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. Simon, from this point on, has a new life, a new prerogative, and that is 
serving while serving aside the Lord Jesus. Now we move on to a new scene in verse 12. While Jesus was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him to tell no one. But go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, as Moses commanded for a proof to them. But now even more, the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Now, in this short uh, segment, I want you to notice here two things. First, the body language of the man. On seeing Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him. The leper acknowledged that he was an unclean man in the eyes of the law and the community. And when he saw Christ, he saw his salvation. He saw his salvation from his uncleanliness. He saw one who had the authority to cleanse him. Secondly, look at Jesus' response. In his loving mercy, he cured the man of his leprosy immediately. And then with that, sent him on a mission to go before the priest and make an offering to be declared clean by the law. I would love to delve more into this scene, but I just want us to wrap up here on a few points of application. The first one is this, take Jesus at his word. We see Simon do this in verse 5. You know, by the grace of God alone, we have seen Christ's glory and the salvation accomplished through his work and we see this by faith. Simon didn't know exactly what Jesus was thinking when he told him to throw those nets back out, but he trusted him. He didn't have the whole story, but he took Jesus by his word. That's just like Simon in faith. We can take Jesus at his word, for his word has never failed. The second thing we can think of is to embrace the new life. And you can see that in verses 10 and 14. Simon Peter and the sons of Zebedee have been called to a new life. They were no longer fishermen of the sea, but fishers of men. As Christians, we've been called to a new life, participating in the great commission of to go and make disciples of all the nations. Similarly, the former leper embraced his new life as clean, going and showing himself to the priest and making an offering for a cleansing. We have been cleansed by the blood of Christ and renewed by the Holy Spirit. We are a new people. As Paul says, no longer conformed to this world, but ones to be transformed by the renewal of our minds. So we're to let the old go and embrace the new life. And finally, and I'll use the words of the great Scottish minister, Robert Murray McShane, for every look at yourself, take 10 looks at Christ. When Simon saw Christ, he saw his own sinfulness and then latched on to Christ. He abided in the Lord. Was he perfect? By no means. For as the, roast, as the rooster crowed three times, he later denied Christ. But then at the Lord's resurrection, abided in him the rest of his life. We are not told much of the leper. But we know he saw in himself leprosy. But he looked to Christ who could and would make him clean. And you can guarantee that he remembers the man Jesus for the rest of his life. 
It can be so tempting, and as I speak as one who is predisposed to wallow in the disgust of my sinfulness, but what we see here is what we is that we are to turn to Christ. Seeing our own sinfulness is to be the avenue for which we then lock our eyes on Christ, our Savior from that sinfulness. So it's simply look to Christ, look at yourself, then fix your eyes on Christ. For every one look at the self, take look, 10 looks at Christ. Take Jesus at his word, embrace the new life, and keep your eyes fixed on Christ. Well, this has been fun going through this passage with you. I hope these words will serve you well in your preparation this week. Hello, Parkview. You may notice that I am not Thomas Hoke. Uh, my name is Will Fieldberth, your worship pastor, and uh, I get to join you for the training segment this week. Uh, this is fun music. I this is this is good music that we get to jam to together. There it fades out. All right. Uh, so I'm going to follow up on our conversation from a couple weeks ago about creating goal, growth goals for the individuals in your group. Um. This is something that we think is really important, especially as we long to see spiritual initiative grabbed by each member as we long to see whole disciples formed at Parkview, right? That's our mission vision statement that requires us to uh, continue to take steps forward. We can't become stagnant or uh, stuck with where we are, content with where we are, because uh, there are always areas where we can continue to grow as disciples of Jesus. And so um, this is going to be a little bit practical. Uh, I just wanted to follow up kind of, yeah, again, on what we talked about at the vision night and what we recapped on this podcast in the week following, as well as what Thomas talked about the week before as he uh, re um, went through the definition of a whole disciple. Um, you know, we have those three dimensions of uh, the whole disciple where we are called to um, continue to grow as disciples because we are forgiven children of God who are taking the next step to learn Jesus, to love Jesus, and to live Jesus. And so um, Thomas gave us some really great examples um, a few weeks ago about each one of those things, how each one of those has a inward and upward and an outward direction a uh, way that we continue to see growth. But um, we're going to get uh, even a little more practical in talking about what it looks like for you as leaders or potential group, uh, future leaders um, in continuing to hold your people accountable and to um, help one another grow in Christ. Uh, this is not something that we can, yeah, again, take lightly. So um, I'm going to kind of share... Uh, Savannah and I were talking as a, um, in regards to our group and how we can continue to help our people grow. And so uh, this is not going to work in the exact same way for everybody, but um, just want to share kind of what Savannah and I have been thinking about and how we can yeah, make sure that this is not something that is neglected because I know that it is easy even for me to just sit into the, all right, we're going to get together study the Bible, even maybe talk about what the application for that certain week is without any greater idea of the long-term growth goals for um, our group or for one another, which also uh, affects how we pray for one another and how we 
um, can care for one another throughout the week. And so um, what basically Savannah and I introduced to our group actually last night. So we're very fresh on this. And uh, I think this is a good time now because as I'm going to I'll mention here, we have a couple weekends coming up where this might be a good opportunity to do that. Um, but what we just said was that uh, we, have, we have an off week coming up next week. So again, Thomas has said we, have, we encourage you to take breaks if you need for your group so you have time to recover, um, to gain back a weeknight or a weekend night that you may not normally have or to just um, have time to rest. Um, but uh, so next week is a week off, but what I for our group, but um, what I told them, what I kind of charged them with was, but let's take um, this two week gap to um, think about what it would look like for you to grow in Christ and how um, in this next three months, what what are specific ways that you would want to see the Lord work in your life? And so um, I charge them to think about that, to pray about that. And then what we're going to do is in two weeks, we're going to report back. Um, we're going to share. We're going to take time as a whole group. We're going to go around the circle and and share what those growth goals look like. Um, I know that may seem really intimidating, which may also affect uh, people's willingness to share certain things. And um, so, again, that may look different from group to group. But I think that with that comes an increased vulnerability and increased um, knowledge of uh, one another and an increased um, desire to be praying for one another with specific prayer points. And so, um, yeah, again, so we'll go around and I'll make sure, Savannah and I will make sure to take careful notes as leaders. And so um, we have kind of a living prayer document that uh, we just update each week with the prayer requests of people in our group. It's um, a document that Everyone has access to edit, and they just put their prayer requests on there. And what we're going to do is we're just going to put those growth goals right there on that sheet. So when we're praying for one another throughout the week, um, when we have those, um, yeah, those opportunities to um, think about one another, to care for one another, we will go ahead and just see those right there. And I can pray for X person that they would grow in their Bible reading habits this semester. And so that'll just be a way that we can continue to care for and love um, on our people and make sure that we are not um, slacking in our um, spiritual calling as disciple makers, as uh, people who are continuing to build up the church. And so, um, again, doesn't have to be that, but I think that it is important that we each, um, as leaders and, again, as one another, you know, this is something that we hope that our group members our group members are praying for one another. Our group members are checking in. Hey, how was your Bible time last week? Um, our group members are checking in and um, praying, you know, and just checking how they may uh, be doing on those growth goals and following up in certain weeks or, um, you know, that way when they come to group, they can say, hey, you know, last week wasn't a great week for me. Please be praying that next week I would set aside that 15 minutes of prayer. Um, and so, I think that this would be, yeah, just a great way to continue to see our group groups grow in accountability and love. And so, uh, finally, um, or I guess two things. Um, first, we have a couple weekends coming up where we won't be in Luke. Um, 
on November 5th, that week of November 5th, we have our global outreach um, weekend, global worker weekend. And first of all, we have many events coming up that we would love to, that we're going to be telling you about here soon, but we'd love for you to be involved in that. But if you are meeting that weekend, there will not be a sermon passage per se. So if you are looking for a good weekend to talk about these growth goals, November 5th could be a great one. And then the following weekend, November 12th, we will also be having a um, guest speaker in. Uh, the president of the EFCA will be here. Um, and so, again, either of those weeks, November 5th or November 12th, could be a great opportunity for your group to say, hey, let's take 20 minutes today and go around, share how we want to grow in Christ, and then spend time praying for one another in the, in those specific regards. And so, and then the final thing I was just going to say is it can sometimes be intimidating to know how best, uh, int- intimidating to choose a specific goal, a specific um, discipline, a specific way that you want to grow as a disciple. And so I would say, encourage you, the first thing to do would be, well, again, so you as leaders, how you can coach your people is to share that the love, live, and learn um, Jesus, those those uh, points with them so that they can say, oh, I, ended, I had identified that that area in my life could use growth or is weak or may need um, a next step in a certain area. And so um, I think that is one place that uh, I would say would be a great place to start, a start because we have many resources. Parkviewchurch.org slash resources has um, a lot of resources on that, has uh, specific examples. Um, we have uh, different members on staff have done extended teachings on each one of those uh, those realms where you may uh, direct somebody and they're like, oh, I think I need to grow in live, live Jesus outward. I need to grow in evangelism. And you could point them to that. There's a 15 minute podcast, a 12 minute podcast, video podcast on there that outlines exactly what that may look like. And so um, that would be a great place for them to start. But um, I think it's also helpful to think about how you can make those goals very practical, um, make them smart goals, if you will. But um, just making them, uh, you know, specific, measurable, attainable, related, and time-specific. And so um, with that in mind, I think it's always helpful for you as a leader to have goals that you can, um, first of all, be vulnerable and start by sharing your goal. I know last night when we were at group, I started by, um, you know, I told people, hey, this is what we're going to do. And for example, my goal for this next um, this next three months is I, I need to grow in prayer. And so my goal is that I want to set aside um, 15 minutes outside of my normal devotional time to spend in quiet prayer. It's easy for me to get caught up in tasks and duties and not uh, set aside that that time for quiet, silent prayer. And so I want that's my that's my goal for these next three months is to set aside 15 minutes a day for prayer. And so I think for you as leaders, um, that may be it, it would be helpful for you to go first in this vulnerability. But then also just share what examples could be, you know, I think of um, just the typical spiritual disciplines, but then um, just, uh, you know, reading your Bible, spending time in solitude, spending time in prayer, uh, committing to um, participating in worship in different ways on Sunday mornings, if that's something that maybe a group member struggles with, um, uh, reaching out to coworkers or evangelism, you know, 
uh, serving in different areas. Uh, I think there are many different ways that we can grow as whole disciples. And so uh, if, if it means giving examples or uh, means giving them yeah resources for what that looks like. Um, I read a book last year called Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life by Donald Whitney. Um, I'm sure there are resources online that summarize his work, but um, it's a great opportunity for people to just see why that they're pursuing the the goals that they are and for um, as well as uh, what 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 it may look like to um, live a Christian life. And so um, but again I would I would recommend starting with um, we've done a lot of work on our end to make it contextualized to our people. And so um, parkviewchurch.org slash resources, um, what it looks like to be a whole disciple, um, would just encourage you to continue to hold your people um, accountable. You know, that's we, uh, for um, for groups, we want to be, um, you know, it is, it is each member um, encouraging that spiritual initiative building one another up, but it is also you as a group leader holding um, in accountability for that. And so um, just again, we're praying for you in that. We, you know, we on staff are wanting to see you succeed and we are hoping that we can set you up to do that in whatever ways we can. But um, we know that we can also not be everywhere. So uh, please let us know if you have, yeah, have further questions, but uh, it's just important to us that we continue to see people grow and uh, that you can be the disciple makers um, by holding one another accountable, praying for one another. So we hope this has been helpful. Uh, Looking forward to um, seeing you in worship on Sunday. Otherwise, have a great week. 